your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch, and today I'm going to be talking about the young guns. Jake Neighbors was sent down to the Edmonton Oil Kings, his junior team, so he will not be coming back up this season. Clem Costin has been playing well so far, but what does the return of Braden Shen and Oscar Sundquist mean? We'll also get into the comments that Doug Armstrong made in the press conference, and we're also going to talk about Jordan Cairo who currently leads the St. Louis Blues in scoring. But before we break all that down, I want to thank you guys once again for making us your first listen of the day every day. We're free and available on all platforms, so whether you're waking up with us on your daily commute to work or uh, drinking us in with your cup of joe in the morning, uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, listening to us in the wee hours of the day. I know personally I'm not a morning person, but I hope I can make your guys' mornings a little bit easier. So that being said, the biggest announcement over these last couple of days is that Jake Neighbors is back with the Edmonton Oil Kings. Um, He fulfilled his nine-game tryout, did not make it to ten games, so he doesn't burn a year on his entry-level contract, so that's good for the St. Louis Blues long-term. Doug Armstrong said he thought that Jake Neighbors could, quote, survive the season, but didn't want him uh, going in and out of the lineups when he could be getting first and second line minutes with the Edmonton Oil Kings, which makes a lot of sense. But for me, um, the biggest breakdown here is I think Jake Neighbors contributes more to your team right now than a guy like Kyle Clifford does, honestly, if I'm being frank. Really what it came down to was the cap issues and As we've seen with the Scott Perunovich and Rosen fiasco, it's been kind of a nightmare so far uh, for Doug Armstrong to try and navigate, but he's going to have to do it again once Oscar Sundquist comes back into the fold. But regarding Jake Neighbors, I think obviously his last two seasons in juniors were during a pandemic, so they were shortened, and you don't really get a full sense of uh, the impact that he has at that level. But if the guy is forcing the hand of the big club of the St. Louis Blues uh, to make a decision and say, hey, this guy is close and right on the cusp of being an everyday player in in the NHL. It's it's just difficult for me to justify sending him all the way to juniors. And I get uh, there's the age requirement thing. And with him being only 19 years old, uh, it complicates things on whether he can go to the AHL or whether he has to go to juniors. I get all that. But at the end of the day, if the dude's skill level is in between juniors and in between the NHL, I feel like he should be in between both of those with the AHL. So I feel like that would be better for his development. I don't think he's going to be pushed uh, skill-wise, talent-wise at the junior level. Uh, I do think it's going to help his confidence and help his play in that regard because I do think there were times where uh, he kind of delegated or passed off to a player. We talked about the Bozak one. Passed off to a player where he could have taken a shot or made a move or something, so... Another kind of head-scratcher in this situation is you would think that uh, the final game in his tryout, per se, right? Because you can only play nine games. Once he hits that tenth one, he burns a year of the ELC. So this ninth game, he really has is his final opportunity to show the coach and show the front office like what he's capable of bringing to the table at the NHL level. I'm sure he was all jacked up for the game and like sitting in the locker room thinking about this could make or break uh, his season on whether he goes to juniors or continues to play in the NHL. So he goes out, 
Craig Berube gives him six minutes of ice time, which I understand the game kind of dictates how you manage your personnel. But if I'm Jake Neighbor sitting on the bench there and just watching guy after guy hop over the boards and my number not getting called, you got to think like I'm not even getting a chance right now. So I think that might be some added uh, motivation for him to go down to juniors and not only excel there, but just absolutely light the world on fire. Kind of similar to how easy Scott Prunovich has made it look uh, with the Thunderbirds so far, leading the league, the entire AHL, uh, in points as a defenseman. I feel like that's kind of the same impact that Jake Neighbors is going to have at the junior level. And speaking of Scott Prunovich, uh, added another assist on his total uh, tonight on Wednesday at the time of recording, so he's got a 10-game point streak. He hasn't had a point in only one game this season for the Thunderbirds and that was a game that he missed so the timetable has to be close for him and uh, Doug Armstrong talked about him in the press conference as well and said uh, you you love having a guy like him in your system because he can continue to grow and continue to excel and get the minutes that uh, are necessary but he also said when a guy is performing at that level for so long and sustained success at that level there's nothing else to do. There there comes a point when there's nothing else to do but tip your cap and sit and reward the guy. And I think the more that Scott Perunovich scores and the more that we see flashes of the greatness and the the skill that he brings to any hockey team, I think those chances are more likely that he will be called up as a reward for uh, not only his work ethic but the production that we've seen uh, in the AHL. And the Blues could use him too, right? I mean... No disrespect to Rosen at all, but we talked about this a couple podcasts ago. I just don't think he's there yet in terms of an NHL talent. In that new wave defenseman, that undersized but absolute playmaker, skates with speed, quarterback of the power play, not only a threat to get an assist every time he's on the ice, but threats to score too. I think Scott Prunovich fits that mold perfectly, and with the weapons that we already have on this team, he could be the missing piece to put them over the top. Now one missing piece that always puts me over the top is Built Bar because I love Thanksgiving and all of the good food and treats and plenty of them but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time right now during the holidays for Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is the great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. You can share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. You can get her to shut up about politics for five minutes. There's new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar for that. It'll be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at 
Built.com. When we come back, we're going to recap more about the press conference that Doug Armstrong had, uh, the timelines for Oscar Sundquist, Braden Shen, and the dynamic, emphatic enigma, absolute superstar that is Jordan Cairo, who leads the St. Louis Blues in scoring currently. Is he the future? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, so in his press conference, Doug Armstrong said that Braden Shen is day-to-day. It sounded like uh, they flew him home to see a doctor rest up kind of as a precautionary measure, but it also sounds like he dodged a bullet and just missed a very serious injury. So still not entirely sure what that injury was. I do think that game against Colorado, uh, the fight against Kadri, and then after he scored the goal when he went down the tunnel might have something to do with it, but it's Regardless, it's great to hear that he will be back soon. Won't have to hit long-term injured reserve. So that's great to hear. Oscar Sundquist is not week-to-week anymore, according to Doug Armstrong. Uh, He is getting closer to -to day-to-day. He wouldn't say that he's day-to-day, but he's on the brink of that. So it's great to hear that he's going to come back into the fold, uh, help out that bottom six even more. Even Even though we've got the best depth in the entire NHL right now, it's going to get even better. But once Sonny comes back, we're going to run into a little bit of a cap issue, right? And so let's run a little bit of quick math here, right? And so I think the obvious like knee-jerk reactions, once Sonny comes back, Joel Hofer is going to be sent down. That'll alleviate a little bit of cap room. Rosen will be sent down. That'll alleviate a little bit of cap room. And so that kind of leaves... You've got one spot remaining to kind of divvy up between Kyle Clifford, Clem Costin and Dakota Joshua. So the question becomes, do you go with youth and guys that have a higher ceiling and guys that bring a broader skill set to the team, or do you go with veteran experience, a guy that's been in the room multiple years, knows his way around the league, and knows what it takes to win? I'll tell you what I'd do. I'll tell you exactly what I'd do. I think that the ceiling for Dakota Joshua is actually I don't even know I would say more the floor for a guy like Dakota Joshua is Kyle Clifford right because we know that Dakota Joshua can go out there and bang bodies and fight people when he needs to be he goes to the dirty areas of the ice he's a grinder he's great along the boards and he's got youth on his side which we talked about all offseason do love our youth the blues are not that young so any chance they can take to get younger I think is a plus for them they have an opportunity to do that here so I think that's why when we're talking about Clem Costin Dakota Joshua and Kyle Clifford we talked about it before Kyle Clifford was brought on this team to be an enforcer and to answer the bell when somebody needs to step up and drop the gloves and he just hasn't really or even be a big hitter he hasn't really shown that much either so in my opinion I think you keep Clem Costin around in the lineup, keep Dakota Joshua around, uh, and send Kyle Clifford to waivers, unfortunately. Maybe that million dollars comes off the books, and then it, it alleviates uh, a, lot of, a little bit of cap room uh, to bring Sunquist back into the fold, and then you've got your solidified lineup uh, for the rest of the season. Obviously, Tory Krug and some other guys, Huso's still out too, but I think if and when those dominoes fall, we'll get a pretty good sense of where this team is at. Now, speaking of which, where is Jordan Cairo at? Now, I understand that Vladimir Tarasenko has gotten off to a red-hot start after a couple years of 
not producing at the level that he wanted to. He had the shoulder surgery, all these things, trade requests, a lot weighing on his mind. So for him to come out and produce at the level that he has and do for this team what he's been doing lately is nothing short of extraordinary, and I commend him greatly for that. That being said, Jordan Cairo might be the best player on this team. And that's weird to say because he's 23 years old. And that's weird to say because he's never scored over 40 points. And that's weird to say because realistically, this is his second full year in the NHL. He only played 16 games in 2018, 28 games in 2019, 55 games last season, but it was also a weird season as well. So I think this season will truly get a sense of just how much Jordan Cairo can impact this team and really impact this offense. And I think we saw flashes of it last year at the beginning of the season. I think we've seen flashes of it this year. Obviously, he's the scoring leader right now. That's ahead of Ryan O'Reilly. That's ahead of Vladimir Tarasenko, who's still a point per game. And that's ahead of David Perron. So I'm not saying I don't expect him to be the scoring leader for the entire season. But even if he's near the top of the list, the Blues are going to be in good shape. But there was one play against Winnipeg that really struck me and really shook me to my core. So he, he circled back into the neutral zone, right? And I think it was in the middle of a of a shift change. So it's just him out there. He's got the puck on his stick while the rest of his teammates are going for a change. So obviously he's going to try and get into the zone, right? He looks ahead of him. There's like three guys in front of him. So he tries to dangle all of them, gets past all the defenders, um, Goes in on the goalie and gets a shot on goal. I believe it was a backhand. But it reminded me exactly of... Not exactly, obviously, because he didn't score and he didn't beat four guys. But that same kind of mentality that Connor McDavid had a couple games ago when he beat those four guys and scored on that highlight real goal that even surprised himself. I feel like Jordan Cairo has that kind of confidence in uh, his skill set and his hands and that kind of I-can-go-out-there-and-take-on-any-guy mentality that I don't think I've seen in a Blues player in a long time. And I, I, as much as I love Vladimir Tarasenko and what he brings to this team, the one-on-one capabilities are just vastly different with Jordan Cairo and Tarasenko because with Tarasenko, a lot of the time, you know he's going to try that outside power move and occasionally he's going to do that inside-out deke move. But that's really his entire repertoire. Whereas Jordan Cairo has, in, in interviews said that he watches Pavel Datsuk videos religiously and really looks up to him as a player. So if that tells you what any kind of indication to what player Jordan Cairo wants to be as he progresses and as he develops into a talented young player, I mean, you're really seeing the entire package with this guy. I mean, he's got the speed, he's got the hands, he's got the playmaking ability, and he's got the goal-scoring capability. He's strong on the puck. I haven't seen him lose it a ton this season. That was kind of an issue when he first came up. He was a little undersized, put on a lot of weight in the offseason. Now he's looking great. And he could probably get better defensively, but you can always get better defensively. And I think in juniors and in the AHL, it's never really been his game to be fully engaged in the defensive side of the puck. That's why you have players like Sunquist. That's why you have players like Barbashev. That's why you have players like Ryan O'Reilly, so that players like Jordan Cairo can go out and take care of business and worry about scoring, worry about setting up those plays, worry about getting a goal in the final two minutes and beating three guys on the way there, just leaving them in the dust. I don't think there's anyone on the Blues that has the skill set that Jordan Cairo does. And Robert Thomas might be close, but he does need to work on his shot. As as much as we love his playmaking, his skating ability is there. The puck skills, I think, are there as well. 
He just needs to work on his finishing. And if he can do that, I think Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas will be the same level of player. And if you've got two of them on the same team rolling at the same time, that's when you end up with dynamic duos. That's when you end up with Crosby and Malkin, Hola Notes, Dreisaitl and McDavid. There's no reason that these young guns that have come into the NHL and just burst onto the scene with every skill set imaginable can't develop into one of those dynamic duos in the NHL. How's that for a hot take of the day? Holy. So if you think like I do that Jordan Cairo is the real deal and that he's going to absolutely explode this season on his way to helping the Blues win a Stanley Cup, you got to throw some money down on that because BetOnline is back and better than ever with a new web interface to start basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before, including NHL ones. Head to bet online because they remain your number one spot for all the basketball, football, and hockey action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports at Bet Online, where the game starts. When we come back, we're going to preview the upcoming game against the Nashville Predators. So don't go anywhere. All right, so the St. Louis Blues face off against the Nashville Predators back at home tonight. I'm not going to lie, I kind of miss these matchups, and it's not because. I miss the goal chance and the other obnoxious things that Nashville fans uh, like to scream out over the broadcast, but it's back in the Central Division, right? And for a while there, I feel like these two teams absolutely hated each other, and I, I, would, I would like to get back to that at some point, but Matt Duchesne is off to a red-hot start this season, and Soros is looking good too, so the Blues might have their work cut out for them with a Nashville Predators team that's off to a pretty good start this season. I'm expecting the Lions to mostly remain the same, we're still kind of up in the air on Braden Shen. Not really sure whether or not he'll play. But I could see Craig Berube tapping more into that uh, duo of Buchnevich and Kairou. They worked pretty well last game together. But that line of Kairou, Robert Thomas, and Vladimir Tarasenko is going to be a tough one to break up. And I'm confident that Ryan O'Reilly is going to be used to combat the scorching Matt Duchesne. The Preds' depth kind of falls off after their second line. Obviously, Colton Sissons and Ely Tolvanen uh, are, are exciting players, but they haven't really been that loud as of yet, so something to keep an eye on. That could be an area for the Blues to exploit is that third line and absolutely that fourth line because I don't think anyone's bottom six can hang with the St. Louis Blues. So That being said, I want to see Jordan Bennington feed off that adrenaline, feed off that confidence of st- absolutely stealing a game from the Winnipeg Jets. Last time out, hopefully he has another performance for the ages. Hopefully the Blues offense shows up a little bit more. I think it's obvious to everyone that watched, but also everyone in the press conferences after the game, the players included, uh, that they didn't play the game that they wanted to play, especially with puck possession. So look for that to be a focus back home tonight against the Nashville Predators. But before we end this episode, I'm going to give my locked on player of the game. So I was looking at stats earlier to kind of see where Clem Costin was at, and currently he has as many points on the season as Tyler Bozak. And I think given the explosion of production that Bozy had towards the end of last season, I think he's still capable of that. I don't think 
age is getting to him. Father Time's not wearing him down. I just think it hasn't happened yet. And I know I, I was wrong about the actual date of Pavel Buchnevich and Brandon Saad's uh, emergence as kind of solidifying themselves onto this team. But I did say that I was expecting and hoping that it would happen over the road trip. And I believe that it did. So uh, still expecting them to contribute. But I think uh, the name of the game for Nashville Predators matchup is going to be Tyler Bozak on that uh, fourth line or in that bottom six, whatever his role might be, I think that's an area for the Blues to exploit. I think he's going to be big on the penalty kill, and I think uh, the Blues are going to come away victorious by a score of 3-1 to one is my prediction. So um, I think that's all the time we have for today. So make sure you guys hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube and ring that bell. That way you get notified every time we go live. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at 1215. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.